Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of Cover Your Assets KC. Walter Storholt alongside David Dickens today, President and Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors with an office in Overland Park. Find us online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. David, great to be with you this week. How are you, my friend? I'm doing really well, Walter. Having a good day and um, kind of midweek here. And uh, so looking forward to the rest of the end of the week. And I'm actually going to see my grandsons this weekend. So oh, very nice. all is good. Any uh, little plans for uh, hanging out with them or just uh, sticking around the house mostly? Pretty much just hanging. They're yeah. uh, almost four and almost two. So you don't have to be super creative. You just got to be there with a <laughs> smile on your face. They are the entertainment. You don't have to go anywhere to entertain anybody. It's just wherever you are, they are the entertainment, right? That's right. They prefer to be outside, but you know what? About any place will do, so it'll be a lot of fun. Just uh, that they're at a good age, probably for uh, just a cardboard box, and they they're <laughs> entertained for hours. I would imagine we've been known to do some of that. Yeah, I, I remember a cardboard box being uh, being one of the best you know presents, best parts of Christmas, right? Where all the cardboard boxes you could uh, you know have adventures in. Oh in, yeah, in it could be a days. ship, it can be a spaceship, it can be a, a house. <laughs> oh my gosh, camping, just whatever, whatever you want to use it for. Sled down the hill, maybe, perhaps. Any way you want to use it, yeah, it's there for you. Well, glad that you uh, have a fun weekend on tap. Let's take care of some business before we get into that. And we want to talk on today's show a little bit about life insurance and do retirees really need this? Because I guess life insurance is sort of viewed as a young man's game, right, David? That's that's sort of the understanding of life insurance. People should use it when they're young, not when they get older. Is Am I kind of uh, in the right vicinity and sort of that assumption about life insurance? Yeah, they are. Uh, you are. And it's the, it's the cheapest and most advertised thing. You watch TV and that's what you see on TV is advertisements for younger people to have life insurance. There are some, so I, I know we're going to get into this a little bit later in the podcast, but there are some really good reasons why certain retirees, especially high net worth retirees, might actually want or need life insurance. So we'll unpack that as we go along. Some people do think that as you become older, life insurance becomes unnecessary, and we're going to explore whether that's really the case on today's show. Let's kind of peel back to the beginning of the conversation about life insurance, uh, David, and sort of the first thing that comes up when you talk about life insurance is the perception of life insurance and even those who sell it. It just seems like kind of a dirty word, like uh, we all remember from Groundhog's, uh, Groundhog Day. The movie with uh, was it Ned, the life insurance salesman, right? Just not not viewed in a positive light. Why is this topic of life insurance kind of almost a dirty word to a lot of people, or just at least a topic that a lot of folks don't want to touch? Well, it's probably different for every person, but I mean, frankly, nobody really wants to contemplate their own death, and that's what you're talking about when you're deciding whether to buy life insurance and how much. It only pays off when you die. So you pay all these premiums, but you personally never get to benefit from it. And then the vast majority of us who pay premiums every year for a long period of time, well, we never end up dying while we have the policy. So it never pays off, so to speak. So, you know, I have clients that are life insurance salespeople. We sell certain types of life insurance here to our clients when they need it. So, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of what it does, but I, frankly, I don't like it any more than anybody else because I don't like paying premiums for something that I will likely never need. So it's kind of a complex emotional bundle. 
That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the complexity in and of itself uh, probably scares people off um, because of all those different factors that you mentioned. How do you determine if somebody even needs life insurance at all, especially as someone maybe gets older and gets out of that realm of the sort of the basic uses of life insurance? Yeah, well, so uh, the technical term is they got to have some sort of insurable interest. They need to have some sort of insurable interest. So that's super identifiable when you're in your 20s or or 30s or 40s, especially if you have a, a spouse and a family who you're trying to, in the event, in the unlikely event of your death, you need to leave some sort of a state behind to support the people you leave behind if you die young. And you haven't had the time to build up an estate. So this is a, this is a way to create a, a living estate if you die early. So that's a real easy way to figure out whether you need it. Uh, but then there are people, retired people, who might say, well, I don't have, and, and this is a couple of uses we'll talk about in a little bit, but I don't have any, um, I don't have any long-term care insurance. Is there a way to use life insurance to do that? I am going to leave a big estate tax problem when I die. Is there a way to use life insurance to solve that? And my pension, I only took it in my, in my own life, and I have a spouse, and she might need some money when I'm, if I die early, so can I use life insurance to fix that problem? So all you're really trying to do is figure out, is, am I going to leave someone with a problem when I die, a financial problem? And then, can I fix it economically with life insurance? So got to have that need. So if we determine need is there, uh, if life insurance is indeed needed, how do you determine then the right amount of life insurance to purchase? Yeah, so that's always a tricky question, Walter. There's a calculator that I, I use. I'm sure there are 10 really good calculators online, but the one I tend to gravitate to is at bankrate.com backslash calculators. And so if you just Google bankrate.com backslash calculators, you're going to find calculators for a lot of different things, mortgages and etc. But it also has a really good one for life insurance. And it asks you some very basic questions. Uh, and then it'll give you a, a dollar amount based on your situation, your age, your, spot, your number of kids and blah, 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 uh, how much you should have. And I think that's a really good place to start if someone's trying to figure out, I need life insurance. I just don't know how much. Okay, so kind of uh, not necessarily a hard and fast rule, kind of like the emergency fund conversation where it's a pretty easy answer of three to six months. A little bit more work has to go into uh, determining that right life insurance amount. Exactly, because if you're 28 and you have four kids, well, <laughs> you have a long runway. If you get hit by a bus tomorrow, there's a long runway for those kids and your probably young spouse who may not be working and is staying home with those four kids. But if you're 48 and your last kid is a senior in college and you've saved up a bunch of money for retirement, uh, your number is going to be way different than the first example. So it's very situational. So you really do need to, to have a, a good calculator that takes into account your situation to try to size up, all right, well, how much do I really need? We mentioned at the beginning, uh, or you kind of teased this a little bit, David, beyond the traditional uses of life insurance. What are some of the other strategic uses of life insurance that might not be obvious to some people? And I imagine maybe um, it tickles a little bit of that conversation of the older population or folks closer to retirement, how they might be able to still utilize life insurance for their needs. Yeah. So I think of three specific uses that we've used in my practice over the years. One is somebody's lucky enough to have a pension. 
and they're retiring from their company. And if you've ever had that decision, what you know for sure is that you can, you can take the pension monthly, a pension payment monthly for your life, or you can tell the company, I want to make sure that when I die, my wife gets 100% of that pension until she dies, or 75% of it, or 50% of it. Or you just say, if I die, it goes away. Or you could, of course, do a lump sum rollover, which is a topic for a different uh, podcast. But if you decide you're going to take it just over your life, well, they're going to give you more money every month because the actuaries know that it's a lot lower risk for them if they're only guaranteeing payments based on one life. With that extra money that you get every month, you can afford some sort of permanent life insurance policy, or maybe a term life insurance policy. That's a financial decision that you and and some sort of advisor would need to help you with. But what you do is you pay some of that extra money for the protection, the income protection of those that you leave behind. And so that's one really good use of somebody who uh, is going to get a pension and they're trying to decide, do I take this just on my life or my life and my spouse's life? Another one that I use is for people, uh, the, the situation I'm thinking of are several different couples who are taking their required minimum distributions, but they don't need that money. It's all extra. And so instead of just putting that into a taxable brokerage account, what they did was they bought a second to die life insurance policy, a permanent life insurance policy, whole life. Premium never goes up. But it doesn't pay off until the second of them dies. The reason for that is that's how you get the biggest death benefit for the least amount of premium. So all we did in in these cases was take maybe 20% of the required distribution or 35% of that required distribution. And instead of investing that into a brokerage account, which is taxable, we invested it, so to speak, into a permanent life insurance policy, which will deliver tax-free money to their heirs when the second of them dies. So just another use for required distributions out of your IRAs that you don't need the money. You're going to reinvest it anyway. Let's reinvest it in a tax-free investment, a tax-free bucket. And then um, I was going to go with the, with the state taxes, but frankly, right now, Estate taxes don't hit estates until they're over $23 million. So I'm going to not do that. I'm going to go with a different, with something else I, that I have used a number of times in my practice. There are living benefits with permanent life insurance policies. And the one that I'm going to focus on is a lot of these policies will accelerate the death benefit if you find yourself in need of long term care. So it's a way to purchase long-term care insurance, but not on a use it or lose it basis. So anybody who has a long-term care policy knows that if they die in a car crash and they don't ever have, they're not ever in long-term care, well, that all those premium dollars just went away. But if someone uses a life insurance policy to cover their long-term care needs, If they need long-term care, what the company will do is accelerate that death benefit, usually over five years, so that they can use that money to cover their long-term care bills. Whatever isn't used gets paid out in a death benefit to your beneficiary. 
That could be your spouse, your sister, your brother, your kids, whoever you name. But it's another way to provide long-term care benefits for yourself and your family without buying a long-term care policy specifically, which is a use it or lose it proposition. Definitely some creative uses there, David, and um, glad to be able to get some details on those. I know this is the kind of thing you'll get into once you have a, a more in-depth, deeper conversation with people and really go through your complete planning review process to see if these uses are you know, viable for the various folks that you meet with. How often are you using life insurance in these other ways, just out of curiosity? You know, I don't use it all that often. I try to make an economic case for everything I do, and, and in a lot of cases, you can't really make an economic case. You can make an emotional case for it. Any young family, you can easily make an economic case for having life insurance. Then it's just figure out it's probably term insurance in my world. And then it's a matter of how much do they need. But in, in retirees, you know, if you're not in good health, you're not going to qualify for a policy that's very cheap. If you're quite elderly, <laughs> you're not going to qualify for a policy that's very cheap. So. It's very situational, and the older you get, the tougher it is to make it work economically. Uh, whole life can be, so, so term life is super good for young people. Whole life policies can be super good for people who are trying to do a long-term care benefit. And then something we, we didn't cover and we, and we won't because we don't have time in, a, in these podcasts, which I like to keep to 15 to 20 minutes, nice bite-sized pieces. But there's ways to use um, indexed universal life or universal life policies to create a tax-free retirement income for yourself using a, a, a special, frankly, little-known uh, section of the IRS code. Uh, and maybe we'll do a, a podcast on that uh, too, but that works really well for a lot of late 40-ish people, 50-year-old people, less well when you get into your mid to late 60s and certainly into your 70s. So those are use cases that we actually use in our practice. My commitment is they have to work economically before they'll work for any particular client. So it's a lot of research, it's a lot of analysis, and then it's getting comfortable with having an insurance product in your investment suite to make sure that it's gonna help you accomplish the goals that you're trying to accomplish for you and your family. Helpful information, David. And yeah, we could probably spend an entire show talking about those differences between term, whole, and universal life insurance. So maybe we shall save that for another uh, for a rainy day. And uh, we'll bring that up on another topic in a future show, because um, I know that's another area where people have a lot of confusion when it comes to talk about complex products, right? Complex issues in the financial planning world. Well, now we'd get into it even more when we start breaking it down, all these different types of insurance. So We'll keep it easy to understand today, but know that that's on the horizon for the future. Uh, if you have any questions about what we've talked about on the show today, want to see how life insurance might fit into your plan, do you have the right amount of life insurance to cover your current needs and your future needs as well, don't ever hesitate to reach out to David and the team. 913-317-1414 is the number. 913-317-1414. And you can always go online to coveryourassetskc.com or just check the show notes of today's episode where we'll have all the ways that you can get in touch with David and uh, link you out to the website and all that good stuff. 
David, thanks for the help this uh, week, and enjoy some time with the grandkids, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week. I'm looking forward to my weekend, and I will talk to you next week. Sounds good. That's David Dickens. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time on the Cover Your Assets KC Podcast. Thanks for listening. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and KC Financial Advisors are independent of each other.